Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to the show. This week I am really excited. I am joined today by a cookbook author, speaker, mother. She's a senior editor, a fermenter, a champion of sourdough, queen of the compost pile and all-round low-waste advocate, Anne-Marie Bono. But you might know her as Zero Waste Chef. That is her handle and that's where she um, reaches thousands and thousands of people with her phenomenal suggestions and ideas for living low waste or zero waste. So welcome, Anne-Marie. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Tara. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So we're going to chat today, or we're going to try and chat about one of my favourite things, which is Christmas, and one of your favourite things, which is lowering waste. And we're going to try and smush those two things together. Um, But before we get into that, I would love to hear a little bit about your background. How did you become zero waste chef? Like, I would love to know when you got interested in plastic pollution or cut and cutting down your footprint. And then how did you decide or why did you decide to work towards becoming zero waste? Well, it started 10 years ago in 10, there's 10,000, 2011. I read about plastic pollution swirling around in the oceans and I didn't realize that was happening. I was heartbroken. When you see the pictures of the albatrosses feeding plastic to their young, you Mm. can't even see that. And so I wanted off of the stuff. So deciding that was pretty much instantaneous, but actually getting off of the plastic took months and months. So that's how the plastic free part started. Then my daughter actually... Mary Catherine, she was 16 and she started a blog, The Plastic Free Chef. She's the one that did all of the research and figured out what we needed to do to get off of plastic. So she Mm -hmm. started her blog when she was in high school and I just loved it. And then she went away to university in Canada and um, she found it really hard to keep up. And so I asked her, you know, can I take over your blog? And she said, no, start your own blog. (laughs) Love it. Yeah, so I started my blog and I thought, well, it's going to be similar to Mary Catherine's, but, you know, I'll, I'll go for zero waste. Because really, if you've, if you've cut the plastic, you're almost there anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. I think by cutting the plastic, I was aware of all waste. And so I started to reduce food waste. I think those are the two big ones, plastic and food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I started buying flour in bulk instead of in paper bags. So that's how I, you know, went from plastic free to zero waste. And it's a constant work in progress as new challenges crop up like COVID. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey. So is that where you started? Did you start with buying, um, food stuff in bulk? Was that the, was that kind of the starting point? Because obviously, I mean, I've attempted, little things like plastic free July and have found it incredibly difficult to go from all to nothing in a hurry. Um, and, but I, every time I do zero waste July or or plastic free July, I 
I learn new things that I think I can keep this, this is sustainable. I can make this part of my everyday, even when August rocks around. How, how did you start and where did you, um, where did you find the quick wins? What was easy to, to convert and what was more difficult? Well, we live in Northern California and we have year-round fabulous farmer's markets. So mm. one of the first things we did was to start shopping at the farmer's market religiously. Everything is loose. There's hardly any plastic and the food tastes delicious. A much bigger chunk of our dollar goes directly to the farmers and there are smaller farmers who are using regenerative techniques, you know, to help the soil. Mm-hmm. So that was a that made a big difference and then we started um we sold these really simple cloth produce bags and so we just took those with us and used them to do all of our shopping for produce at the farmers market. So that wasn't that was a pretty easy step that made a big difference. You know, that was 10 years ago. I'd say every week I use at least 6 cloth produce bags. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's thousands of plastic mm-hmm. bags eliminated. And as I said, the food tastes so good. And then we discovered that we could take our own containers to the bulk store. Mm-hmm. So that that I remember we were so excited when we discovered that. So that eliminated a lot more plastic. And then, you know, personal care, that was a little bit tricky. Mm-hmm. We back then really good shampoo bars were hard to find. Mm-hmm. Now now it's easy. I'm, I'm we can get them anywhere. And if you can't get them where you live, you can find lots online. So shampoo bars, I started making deodorant, which was super simple. But, you know, it took months, months and months. And I'm guessing lots of trial and error too with with making things or, you know, I've um, switched over to shampoo and conditioner bars now, but the first ones I tried I didn't love and I – you know, was tempted to think, well, that's it. The bars, shampoo bars aren't for me. But then a friend of mine encouraged me and they said, no, no, you just got to find the right one that works for your hair. Don't, you know, it's like, you know, going to a farmer's market or somewhere else. You don't always get exactly what you want the first time, but if you keep searching, you'll find, you'll find something, just don't give up so easily. And I was like, okay, determined. And now I found a shampoo and conditioner bar that I completely love. So um, I guess there's a bit of trial and error there for you as well. Oh, yeah. Lots of trial and error. I try all sorts of things. I, You know, when I was younger, I think I was afraid to try things because I was worried they would fail. But now I just try things with abandon. And, you know, sometimes they don't work out, but a lot of the time they do. Mm-hmm. And I've made all of these discoveries along the way. Like my sourdough bread. You know, I had this inkling that I could bake bread without buying the yeast at the store, but I wasn't sure how. And then when I went plastic free, I didn't want to buy the stuff anymore because it's either in those those packets which have plastic in them. You know, they look like foil but and paper, but they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean they, they have everything has so much stuff has plastic hidden in it. Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh I wanted to eliminate those and I started to make sourdough. So that was, uh, you know, I may not have done that otherwise. Mm, absolutely. So besides the obvious benefit 
to the planet for lowering your waste. What other positives have you discovered personally by um, consuming less, you know, or using less plastic, having less waste? What other things have you found with your lifestyle shift, other benefits? Well, there are so many. Um, I save money. So I tell people it's a package deal. Some of the things I buy may cost more. So some of the produce at the farmer's market costs more than if I shop maybe at a discount grocery store. Mm -hmm. Then again, there are some really good deals at the farmer's market also that I know I couldn't get at a grocery store. But yeah, some things there are more expensive. Um, I buy milk in refillable glass bottles, and that costs more than the milk in cartons, but it tastes really good. And it's from small farms and the cows are pasture raised and, you know, it's glass and I can return that. So Mm. that costs more, but I don't waste any food. The average American family of four pays for $1,800 of groceries every year that they don't eat. Yeah, that's staggering. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of money. And, you know, I don't buy things I don't need. I don't buy a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff. I buy a lot of secondhand things. I'm right now I'm sitting on a secondhand couch that it's beautiful. And I got it at the restore. So the money goes to Habitat for Humanity. So I figure Mm -hmm. I I made a donation, basically, and got this beautiful couch out of it. Mm. So all of those things save money. The other big one that really surprised me was that my health improved. And I had no clue that that would happen. Mm. But when I decided to cut the plastic, I immediately improved my diet. I didn't eat a lot of highly processed food, but now I don't eat any. I don't buy food that comes in packages. I buy whole foods. I buy lots of fruit and vegetables and I ferment some of them. I eat a lot of fermented food. I try to eat at least one fermented food every day. And all your of gut, this research, Your gut must be loving you. My gut loves me. <laughs> it does. So just a couple of years into this, one day I thought to myself, hmm, I haven't had a cold or the flu in two years. And I was shocked because I used to catch everything. And I tell people, you know, results may vary. I'm not telling you, oh, do this and, you know, you'll be super healthy and you won't get COVID or, you know, I don't, I don't make any wild claims, but I can tell you from my experience that my health definitely improved. Mm. And, you know, you can't put a dollar on that dollar value on it. That's right. It's it's funny even the um, dollar value. I know for me when I started uh, shopping at farmer's markets and, you know, trying to buy organic produce and I remember people saying, oh, you know, isn't it expensive to buy organic? And I was like, yes, but I'm act- now that I'm actually eating with the seasons, mm-hmm. it works out either cost neutral or cheaper because I used to try and you know, buy cherries all year whenever I felt like eating cherries or I'd buy hideous tomatoes that just tasted like water and pay, you know, a premium for them in the middle of winter. And I'm like, and now um, because I eat with the seasons, the food you get, the seasonal food is really reasonably priced, even if it is organic. And 
um, I think it made made the shift so much easier because it's one thing to make a mental shift of I want to do better, but if you think it's going to come or affect your bottom line, affect um, how much you can pay off your mortgage each month or you feel like you're going to have to scrimp in other areas, it can be a challenge for people. But I think when you start looking into it, it's even like like the shampoo bars we mentioned I buy a lot less shampoo and conditioner than I used to. I just don't go through it like I used to. Um, oh, yeah. And even though that initial price might seem more, it definitely in the long run uh, works out to be to be very cost neutral or, or in fact you save a lot of money. And, yeah, I think, I mean, there's there's heaps of benefits, but I think that's a really big one for people to get over when they're thinking about making the shift. Yeah, and, and I think people... Some people think that living this way is very expensive, that they have to buy all of this fancy gear. And, you know, you might want to buy a couple of things, but I think the point is to buy less stuff. Mm. So you don't feel like you have to go out and buy all the shiny, minimalist, beautiful, zero-waste gear. No. You know, and that's the thing. If You don't need a bamboo toothbrush to be low-waste. If you already have a toothbrush and it works perfectly, then keep using it you know like it's it's that kind of thing you don't have to subscribe to the image of a low waster right Um, right yeah use up what you have before you go go and buy new stuff when we started this so Mary Catherine was only 16 she was only a teenager and she was as I said she was doing all of the research and she would come to me and say oh we need to buy this and we need to buy that and we we need these fancy containers and one day I said to her Mary Catherine, we can't shop our way out of global warming. Mm. That's a pretty powerful statement, really, isn't it? It kind of hits home because a lot of us, and myself included, I've been in a point where I think, well, if I buy fancier containers to store my market produce in, you know, like it's just nonsensical really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, you might want to buy something, but not not all of it. You don't really... You probably have something you can use, like like jars. I store a ton of food in jars, mm-hmm. and I save jars. And I used to fish them out of the neighbor's recycling bins, but I have enough now, so <laughs> I haven't done that uh, for a it. long time. So now we better get chatting about Christmas. So okay. Christmas is a time of year when demand for everything goes up, food, products, travel, and I think people that are often even frugal or quite careful with waste generally can find their standards slipping just this time of year. Um, I found a statistic that said Americans throw away 25% more trash during the Thanksgiving to New Year's holiday period than any other time of the year. The extra waste amounts to about a million extra tonnes for every week of the holiday season from Thanksgiving to New Year's, which is pretty insane. So let's look yeah, at some ways wow. that we can avoid contributing to that and lower our waste specifically in this holiday season. So I want some tips and suggestions from you, Anne-Marie, about how we could maybe do this. Okay. So let's start with decorations because it's a big one. It's a popular one. Do you have any suggestions for ways that we might decorate our homes or our trees without purchasing a bunch of plastic ornaments or decor which comes wrapped in plastic and actually before we even start with that do you even 
have a Christmas tree? Do you use a Christmas tree? Sometimes. Mm-hmm. It depends. Um, this year, probably not. My kids are both in Canada and mm-hmm. they won't be coming home. So I don't think I'll get one this year. I, I don't usually have one. And um, it kind of makes me a, a bit of a Grinch. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with uh, hugel culture. So mm-hmm. those are... And if you do get a tree, you can build a hugel culture bed out of it when you're done with it. So I, I did that last year. Mm-hmm. We had a tree and now it's in it's in the, a raised bed. Do you have any thoughts on whether it's more waste effective to get a real tree or get a plastic tree that you use over and over again? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well... I think probably the best thing, if you can, would be a secondhand plastic tree. Mm. And they're there. I I was in a um, consignment store last week um, because I needed to buy some champagne glasses for an event. I didn't have enough and so they were 60 cents each. I went down and bought some there. Um, And there were a whole bunch of Christmas trees in there. I was quite surprised actually at how many, every color and shape and size you can imagine. Wow. Mm. Wow. Well, last year I posted something on Facebook about trees. You know, I said to tree or not to tree, you know, that is the dilemma. Mm -hmm. And people posted pictures of what they were doing and they had these creative, fabulous ideas. The one that I really love, was a wooden ladder in this woman's living room and she wrapped lights all around it and had ornaments hanging from it and it was beautiful. I love that. Yeah. There's, there's some really clever people too that will make um, trees like a you know typical triangular shaped tree out of wooden like pallets and crates or and, yep. you know, recycled timber and that kind of thing. And I think they're, they're lovely and they look beautiful and rustic. Um, some people will paint them up. Other people will leave them kind of raw. Um, but you can do some really gorgeous looking creative things without needing to either cut down a tree or go and buy a new plastic tree. There's some, there's some good options out there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think all of this low-waste living – it really sparks your creativity, which mm. brings joy because you think, okay, I have this dilemma. What can I do? Mm-hmm. I need this thing or I want this thing. You know, what What can I do? So, so say so we've got our tree organized and sorted. Okay. What about decorations on the tree then? Do you have any ideas for, for ways we can decorate without buying plastic ornaments or glass ornaments that are that come packaged in plastic? Well, even before I started this, my kids and I made lots of decorations. And we still have, you know, a bunch of those. So the the box with the decorations, it's like a little time capsule. And I'll find things and I'll say, Mm -hmm. oh, Charlotte, you made this when you were five. Mm -hmm. So um, popcorn, we've done that. Pop popcorn and strung it together. And we've made paper garland where you you make little little loops of paper. You make a chain, a paper mm-hmm. chain, and wrap the tree up with that. When we first moved here to the U.S., 
I made gingerbread cookies and decorated them oh, and wow. hung them on the tree. Yeah, that was really nice. Now, that kind of wastes food, though, so I don't know if I would do that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it looked nice. You can slice oranges and de- sorry, not no, dehydrate them <laughs> in the mm-hmm. oven at a very low temperature. Those are beautiful. And hang mm. those on your tree and your house will smell really nice and they look beautiful. And even um, I've seen people that have will hang uh, cinnamon sticks and things like that or star anise, you know, um, and then it creates that, you you know, because you get some of those smells when you either uh, mulling wine or in like um, spiced fruit cakes and things like that. It gives your house that Christmassy smell as well, which is great. And then those things can either be composted or you can um, pop them away for next year. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's a, those are all great ideas. So then let's move on to gifts. Do you give gifts for Christmas? And if yes, what type of things do you give? Well, last year I bought a lot of books. Mm-hmm. I like giving books. I, I've written a book and I work in publishing and books are one thing I haven't stopped buying. I mean, Mm -hmm. I do borrow books from the library also. I have some gardening books right here in front of me from the library. But I do buy books. If we want people to write books, we have to buy books. Mm. And they're easy to wrap. um, And I wrap them with uh, brown paper or put them in. um, I made these uh, bento bags. Mm -hmm. I, I, I sew really simple things. Or in a cloth produce bag or you know, wrap it in a large piece of cloth. I love that. So what about homemade gifts? Do you ever make things at home and use some of your jars that you collect or, you know, find in in the neighbor's oh, yeah. trash? Do you, yep, do you yep. make things and give things as well? I do. I have some vanilla extract brewing on the counter right now and I made quite a lot. And when it's finished, I'll, so you, you, take vanilla beans and you slice them and you put them in jars and then pour alcohol over top. And I used rum this year Mm -hmm. and then you shake it up whenever you think of it. And after a couple of months, it's ready. So I'll strain that and I'll give that away. And you know, that's nice because it's a consumable too. Mm. There's, there's no waste. It's, I like to give thing things like that, that people are going to eat. I know I don't, myself I don't want more stuff I don't want more clutter Mm -hmm. coming into my home so I really appreciate gifts I can eat or drink we did an episode just a couple of weeks ago on that talking about clutter-free gifts and giving consumables or gifting your time um, or gifting experiences and things like that and we both Beck and I remarked on how lovely it is um there's something really valuable in getting a consumable but that's been homemade um and it doesn't it doesn't have to be something fancy you know if someone just makes up a batch of their brownies or whatever it's just lovely that personal touch because I think we've gone so far down the track now everything is accessible that for someone to actually take the time to stand in their kitchen and make you something is really lovely. And there's something that 
um, people really love being the recipient of that. So I think if if people can find their niche, that's something they can create um, and and gift that and gift it in a, a low waste option. Um, I think yeah, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I think people really appreciate the effort. One thing that we are doing this year, and part of this is um, inspired by the fact that we are now in the US and all of our family is back in Australia, is um, sending e-cards instead of actual paper cards. And I find this tough because I still personally, I do still love to receive a card, but in the last few years, I've been getting, you know, people, friends of ours that used to write the family letter with the update of what them and mm-hmm. the kids have all been up to for the year had started emailing those instead of posting them. And you know what? I loved it because you still got the news, you still got the update, but I didn't have that sense of guilt, um, you know, a couple of days after Christmas or when I'm taking decorations down and I put a whole stack of paper in the bin and it's like it's lovely to know someone's thinking of you at Christmas but if we can do that in a way where we are not creating waste then that's awesome so yeah this year we've um we've found an online e-card site that we are going to use and so now I'm in the process of making sure I've got everyone's email addresses that I want oh, to that's send nice. to um, well, that's, that sounds think, easier yeah sounds, yeah and um yeah and we'll I'm you know, we'll include a couple of, of pictures of us and the kids and some of our adventures over here. But I'm like, ah, oh, I really, I think, I think I'm up to it. It's taken a while. The idea's been percolating, but um, I think sometimes we just have to give it a try and see how we feel about it and see if that that low waste solution will work for us. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a good one. So you mentioned wrapping paper before. Um, Wrapping is a huge waste producer at Christmas and I found a statistic that said if every year every American family wrapped just three presents in reused materials, it would save enough new paper to cover 45,000 football fields, which, again, some of these figures are so big I can't even picture. Yeah, yeah. it's mind-boggling. Yeah. So um, you mentioned cloths. Uh, and using cloths or, um, you know, fabric. Are there any other ideas you have around wrapping? What if what if we get gifts that are wrapped in paper? What should we do with that paper? What's the best way for us to deal with it once we receive it? Well, it depends on the type of paper. So foil paper and paper with sparkly things on it, that's just waste because mm. it's, it's got plastic and it's not paper, so that has to go in the trash. But if it's just paper, like actual paper, you can put it in the recycling bin. I use brown paper, so if I get my hands on any brown paper, I save that. Mm-hmm. And last year, I wrapped presents, some of the presents, in paper with homemade uh, glue. It's wheat paste, and mm. I love it. The recipe is on my blog. It's just water and flour. And you heat it on the stove and whisk it quickly until it's thick. Mm-hmm. And then you brush it onto, you can make your own tape. So you can brush it onto long strips of paper mm-hmm. and then wrap your gift and then just slap that on as oh, tape. And it's super great. strong. And 
Packages wrapped in brown paper. I mean, I think there are songs about that. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it looks so nice. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, then instead of buying the big foil bow or the plastic, you know, right. thing to yeah. stick on the top, you know, break a sprig of something green off from your garden yep. and, um, you know, stick that to the top instead. Um, and it, they look yeah. beautiful. Yeah, um, it does. It looks beautiful. Um, I I know we will quite often, if we get um, brown paper bags anywhere, we keep them all aside and then um, my kids usually dread it. There's a, a point at some point early December where I make the kids sit and cut the handles off and cut down the sides of the bags and we will use the brown paper bags as wrapping so yeah. that, um, and you know, so someone might open, <laughs> open their package and the inside of the paper has got whatever clothing brand or something that something came, you know, in a brown paper bag and it's like, yep, well, that's <laughs> that's life. There's an insight into where we went shopping or whatever it is. Um, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's lovely. And even if the person receiving it doesn't appreciate it, you will feel better in yourself having oh, yeah. given them that way. Yeah. 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 And, and you save a bundle. I think mm. wrapping paper is pretty expensive now. Yeah. And you don't have any, you know, you don't have all of that stuff to throw out. Fewer trips to the garbage bins. Yeah. And the other thing I think that we have done a few times is I'm a bit painful when it comes to opening gifts. I will sit there and try and peel tape off and (laughs) save the paper because I'm like, well, next year you guys, you kids will get your paper or your gifts wrapped in this. Like we will, especially if it's like a foil or a glittery kind of paper because it's going to landfill so we might as well use it as many times as we can between now and then and those things will recycle the paper goes around and around in our house until it's you know the point where it cannot be used anymore um that's but yeah I think you just have to you just have to commit to trying to change a couple of things where you can yeah Um, yeah yeah if if you can't do it overnight so mm. I think I think yeah if you start with the easy things start with start with the big simple things you know and then go from there so an area which is I know your favorite zone and very close to your heart is food so I found um, a British statistic this time which said that every year in the UK approximately 7 million tons of food is wasted and at Christmas alone the equivalent of 2 million turkeys 5 million Christmas puddings and 74 million mince pies get disposed of despite still being edible, causing about 270,000 tonnes of food waste in total just at Christmas, which, yeah, is confronting, I think, when you think about it like that. So have you got some tips for us about ways to prevent food wastage at Christmas? Oh, sure. Uh, I think before your big meal, maybe a week before your big meal, try to eat whatever you have on hand. I mean, really try to do that all the time before mm-hmm. you go shopping, look at what you have on hand and then think about what you can make, what dish you can make with those ingredients. And if you do that at the holidays, you'll clear out your refrigerator and your cupboards for all of the extra stuff you're going to bake and cook mm. and, and the leftovers. So that will be one thing. And the other is really reconsider your big meal you know do you really need 10 side dishes 
do you have room for all of that in your refrigerator, all of the leftovers? And also keep in mind that the more side dishes you have, the smaller amounts of each one people will eat. Because, you know, if they can't, if you have three side dishes, and let's say they each take half a cup, well, if now you have 10 side dishes, they're not going to take half a cup. Mm. Because you even at Christmas, you can only eat so much. So keep that in mind and maybe, you know, maybe scale it back a bit. Or if you do make all of those side dishes, you know, keep in mind that you don't need to make full, big, huge portions of each one if you have that many. Mm-hmm. And you can also um, have people, if you believe there's going to be leftovers, which let's face it, there always seems to be leftovers at Christmas, get your guests, remind them the day before to bring along um, a couple of their own containers to take home leftovers as well so that it's not just the host that has all of the leftovers and then potentially has food spoiling because they don't have adequate space to store it all. Um, get people oh, yeah. to bring their own containers and take their own leftovers home. Yep. yep. Everybody loves leftovers. Mm. And that, that's, that's one of the big joys of making Thanksgiving dinner. You have all of this food for the whole weekend. So, yeah, that's a great tip. And it's so simple. Just bring a container. Bring a clean container when you go to someone's for dinner or or, mm. yeah, or tell your guests to bring a container. And that will eliminate piles and piles of food waste. Mm. What about um, planning meals around holiday season? Is that something that you you do try and plan out your meals, plan out how many people you're feeding so that you don't over cater too much. I do planning for big meals like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And during the rest of the year, I would say I do meal planning light where Mm -hmm. I just look at what I have on hand, like I mentioned before, and I think, okay, what can I make with that? And then I might think of one other dish that I can make and, I might need to go shopping for that other dish, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I go shopping, then I do my shopping. But yeah, at Christmas and Thanksgiving, I plan ahead. Okay, what are we going to eat? What side dishes? What desserts? How many of of each ingredient do I need so that I don't just go to the farmer's market and just grab everything (laughs) in sight and, uh, you know, bring home a, a ton of food that I don't need. So planning is important especially at the holidays because it's everything looks so good and mm-hmm. you know you see all of these fabulous recipes you want to try and it's just easy to to buy way too much food mm. um do you have any other tips for preventing food waste at christmas well you can freeze a lot of food so mm. if you have more leftovers than you're going to eat just put some of them in the freezer and in January, you know, eat your Christmas dinner again. Sorry, go on. Oh, you can freeze all kinds of food. So, you know, you could, well, cookies, of course, if you have extra Christmas cookies, but you can freeze turkey, slice up the turkey and throw some in the freezer. And if you have extra bread, freeze that. And there's lots of um, ideas online too. If you go searching for ways to use up 
your leftovers um, because I know that I personally will get a bit bored after a day of eating the same food that looks the same way. So I will go searching and come up with there's all sorts of, you know, like turn your um, leftover veggies into like risotto balls or turn them um, the turkey into I don't know, like a homemade um, turkey and vegetable pasty or something. If you've got some flour and butter, you can make some pastry and, and create a pasty or something like that. And there's there's so many amazing suggestions for how to use your leftovers. So I guess sometimes we've got to think outside the box too and not just see it as turkey and vegetables on a plate all separate entities oh, yeah. or turkey yeah. and sides. There's, you know, there's yeah. different ways to combine them. And then, you know, use other things that you might have in your um, – fridge find some eggs and incorporate that and you can create whole different meals so even if you are eating turkey and vegetables for three or four days after Christmas or after Thanksgiving it it doesn't have to look the same for every meal no not at all the the turkey and vegetables they're already cooked and those are components for new dishes Mm. you can make so many different things with those building blocks so One other tip I have um, about something that we used to um, buy every year and waste every year was advent calendars. Um, We used to buy the the cardboard ones for the kids and they would have plastic inserts and sometimes we'd buy the ones with chocolate in, sometimes we'd buy the ones with lego bricks or other little toys or something or whatever in and then um, years and years ago now i switched over to having a reusable advent calendar um the one i have has got little fabric sewn pockets but i know that there's you know people out there that have ones as well that are wooden that have little wooden drawers or whatever and each year we fill it up um with surprises or notes or Um, suggestions for things the kids can do there might be an experience in there somewhere sometimes we'll just put a bit of money in um, one of the little pockets or there will occasionally be candy which I have usually uh, acquired from leftover Halloween (laughs) stash I will put it aside and it makes its way back in there but it saves us buying and disposing of that plastic and paper one every year and you know the chocolate was never great anyway um, so that advent calendar is reusable. It's part of our family tradition now and um, our kids love it and I can't see them ever going back to those other ones. Is there anything oh, like yeah. that that you do in your house that is like a no-waste or a low-waste version of something that's quite commonly wasteful? Well, first of all, that sounds beautiful, that advent calendar. Yeah, but, it's really but, it's yeah. it's special and it's developed over the years because it used to just be stuff in all the pockets and now we'll pop little things in like um give your great grandma a call today to wish her merry christmas or whatever you know so it's not just about them receiving something in every pocket some of them are suggestions for do things um last year we had them write christmas one of the pockets said write a christmas card for two of the neighbors um and this year there's no cards so it would be write an (laughs) e-card for a neighbor or a friend or something but but it's um We've spiced it up so it's not all about taking from the advent calendar. You get suggestions for how to give back oh, to. That's so nice. Um, I want your advent calendar. <laughs> it's really, it's lovely. And it's become, yeah, it's kind of 
each year it develops more and has become this lovely tradition. But yeah, I'm curious if you have something in your house that is part of your Christmas or Thanksgiving traditions, which is a low waste option. Well, I I mean, I don't imagine people are buying new stockings every year to hang on mm. the fireplace, <laughs> but I've been using the same ones for, gee, since I moved to the States. I sold mm. them when we first moved here. That was 23 years ago. Mm. So those come out every year. And, you know, the, the decorations, which we already mentioned, we just use the same ones every mm-hmm. year. And, if you know, maybe make some new ones, some homemade ones, you know, that. Yeah, that's really lovely. The idea of yeah. homemade decorations on your tree. And then, yeah. And then the wrapping, you know, those mm. bento bags that I sewed, mm-hmm. they look so nice under the tree. And I remember in the old days, someone had to have the job of gathering all the paper up. Mm-hmm. to put in recycling or throw away because there's just so much of it. And with the bento bags, people unwrap their gifts. And then when we're done, I fold the bento bags up and they go back in their box until next year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I sold them once and just use them forever. Yeah. We, um, we did the Santa sacks for our kids. It was one of those things that we, made a decision at some point we invested in like big hessian sacks that have um you know mail from the north pole or something written on the front and got our kids as part of their christmas eve when they were um little and they were putting out a plate of cookies for santa they would put out um their santa sacks under the tree and then their presents would all go in that um or if they were too big to fit the santa sack would lay on the top um and that was a way of eliminating some of the paper from them uh but then we also Mm -hmm. decided to extend it and so with my niece and nephews we bought santa sacks for them which we said we're taking these home with us (laughs) at the end of the day so we will bring your christmas gifts in these and you can open them um beautiful fabric santa sacks and then we're like and then we will take them home with us at the end of the year and i'll put them away with our christmas stuff when we pack it up and then we will bring your gifts next year in the same bag so now we are reusing santa sacks with them every year just because it's like again it's you know it's only a couple of gifts every year but when you start adding it all up um year after year it it does it makes a difference and if everyone just did a couple of little things the the change would be phenomenal the wastage yeah. that we would prevent yeah and these are none of these are difficult or expensive or inconvenient mm. and they look so nice yeah that santa sack the santa sack i would love to have a santa sack <laughs> well you'll have to make yourself one yeah yeah I mean, in the stockings too. Mm. You don't need to wrap stuff that goes in the stockings. You just yeah. put, put the little gifts in there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's all it takes. You just need a couple of ideas. And even if if people listening to this just pick one of the things we've talked about and make a change, um, it all together it will add up and it will start adding up. And you realize that one small change isn't isn't that hard and doesn't um, doesn't make your Christmas any less special or any, you know, more difficult or busier than it already will be. Um, but you, when you start layering 
these little changes one on top of the other can really make a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think it can make your Christmas more pleasant, if anything. Mm, Absolutely. So, Emery, you have got an insane amount of resources, um, so much helpful stuff. I can lose way too long on your Instagram page (laughs) with um, your videos and your tips and um, so much information there. So can you let us know where we can find you if we want to know more, um, where you hang out on social media and your website? Oh, sure. Uh, So I'm on Instagram. It's at Zero Waste Chef, zero spelled out. Um, Facebook and Twitter are the same, at Zero Waste Chef. And then I have my blog, zerowastechef.com. Technically, I have a YouTube channel, but I rarely post anything. It's it's just too much. <laughs> I can't I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what's your book called? If we want to go oh, looking right. for that, I have a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called The Zero Waste Chef: Plant Forward Recipes and Tips for a More Sustainable Kitchen and Planet. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us, and I. I'm sure people will come and look you up. Um, I'm sure they'll take some of your tips and turn it into a lower waste Christmas this year. Um, It's been really wonderful having you and, you know, hearing all your tips and tricks and your wisdom. Thank you for sharing with us. Oh, thank you, Tara. Thank you very much for having me. No worries. And we'll be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you would like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at rebeccamazino.com.au and basklifecoaching.com. <laughs>